So hello everyone, it's Shahid here. Welcome to the third podcast of 2019. I'm joined today by the boy wonder, Tim Jones from Advertising Health. You all right, Tim? <laughs> I'm good, thanks. Hi, Shahid. <laughs> hey, hey, how's it going? You have a good week? Yeah, very good. Just a bit busy, but all good. All good. Have you started Area 23 yet? I have, yes, I have. I'm, I'm just um, I'm remote at the moment, so I'm still in the UK, but I have started. I'm thrown right in the deep end, so it's, it's exciting and and busy and great so yeah really good have you had your first paycheck through no <laughs> not yet so, so you're not rich yet you're not rich yet okay cool which is a good segue i think um we've got an incredible guest today and i couldn't be more honored and excited to actually be having this podcast um we've got matt eastwood who is the new global chief creative officer of mccann health network Hey, Matt. Uh, people could see me, they'd actually realise I'm blushing. That's embarrassing, but, but thank you. <laughs> we'll just imagine you're blushing. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, so, I'm excited to, to chat. So, that, again, thank you so much for joining this, um, this podcast. I think, of course, your name's been all over the press over the last couple of months, um, and obviously you've stepped into some pretty big shoes and you're part of, well, you are part of now the world's most awarded network yeah. for quite a number of years now. And I think it'd be just fantastic just for everyone listening to this, just to maybe get a little bit of a better idea of, of, of where you've come from, how you got into the industry and how you've ended up where you are today. Is that okay? Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. I mean, uh, so, you know, I'm kind of, I'm entering, I think, probably about year 30 in the industry, so, uh, you know, which definitely reveals my age. But uh, I actually started out on, you can tell from my accent, I'm from Australia and I grew up in Perth in Western Australia. And I actually, uh, my degree is in graphic design. And uh, so sort of when I left um, university, I was intending to be uh, a designer art director. And uh, I sort of didn't end up, just because there were no jobs around, I I, um, about three months into looking, I saw a job actually advertised uh, for a senior copywriter. And I was like, well, I've written all the stuff in my portfolio, so I could do that. And I just applied for that job. And weirdly, instead of hiring a senior, they hired a young copywriter, young art director who'd never worked in advertising before. And I got the job. Um, And so... uh, And where was that? Where was that? That was at an agency... Uh, in Perth called uh, The Partnership, which was a small oh, yeah. local agency. And, uh, and, and you know, it was fantastic. And I was like, okay, I'll, now I'm a copywriter. So, uh, and I've stayed in that for the rest of my career being, you know, I'm writer-based, but uh, obviously you can't, you can never unlearn the knowledge you have in terms of design, et cetera. So design has remained a huge part of what I love doing, what I love about the industry, et cetera. So I kind of yeah. followed that path and uh, and uh, ended up working for um, Ogilvy in uh, in Perth, and uh, had some success at a young age and and sort of won commercial of the year and best writer at like twenty three or something. So that was exciting. Oh wow! But, um, and what was that, that for? That was for a campaign I did for uh, uh, Qantas, the airline. Um, I don't even have a copy of it myself anymore, but. <laughs> Um, <laughs> would imagine it's amazing. Yeah, I'm it was sure it's good, amazing. It was good. I thought it was good anyway. <laughs> um, cool. But uh, you know, the, the 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 weird part of that is that Ogilvy in Perth went bankrupt. Um, the agency was managed by local ownership, and uh, somehow they went bankrupt, went into receivership, and uh, wow. everyone lost their jobs. So uh, it was pretty oh my weird God. time because you know I I was arguably like being really successful doing what I loved. and uh, But then I was out of a job sort of on the streets looking with about, you know, 90 other people at the same time. Um, yeah. And so by total coincidence, uh, the, the the moment I won commercial of the year, one of the judges was from a really cool agency in Sydney. And, uh, you know, when I accepted the award, I was like, thank you for this award. Does anyone have a job? <laughs> Wow. And he said, come to Sydney and come and work for us. So uh, I went to, uh, I moved to Sydney um, at 23 and then spent sort of the next few years um, working at uh, a local agency called uh, Foster Nun Loved Her and then DDB and then uh, eventually Saatchi. Um, and I think uh, 
I mean, I'm, I've been kind of very deliberate in my career choices and, and the direction I want to head in. And I decided at like 26 that I wanted to be a creative director and run an agency. And so I sort of started turning myself into that. And I don't know why I did it to myself, but I set a goal to be a creative director of an agency by the time I was 30. So yeah. which, just, wow. just to put myself under undue pressure. Um, and were you on your own at this time or were you with a, with a, with the same partner? Yeah, well, I was with, with the same. I, at that time, I, I ended up working with the same art director for probably 11 years, I think. Um, so, yeah, we were, a, you know, a team that moved to three or four different jobs together and moved countries in the end, as it turned out. But um, so, uh, yeah, I was at, I was at Saatchi and uh, I, I sort of just uh, kind of turned myself into a bit of a creative director. I just started I just made the decision of I'm going to start looking after all the juniors and I'm going to just help them and look at their work and help them get better. And, and so nobody asked me to do it. But by by sort of design, I people just started presuming that I was like in charge of it. So uh, I did that. <laughs> and then, and what sort of work at the time was inspiring you? What was the sort of work that you were looking to that you were thinking that's where we need to be? That's incredible. Well, it was still this was still this is like '96 or something like that. So certainly, okay. you know, online and all of that wasn't really big back then. Um, yeah. But I was sort of I, I mean. I, I think because I left home at a young age, I always had my eye on the global stage. And, you know, I was trying to get our agency at Saatchi's at the time to not just be like a great agency in Sydney or a great agency in Australia, but a great agency in the world. So, you know, I think setting the ambition really high like that um, kind of just it it, it forces you to, uh, you know, push yourself beyond, you know, where you think you can uh, end up. So, you know, and, and to be honest, I think we were doing some great work at that time that was recognised, you know, in Cannes, et cetera. And then I guess I was really lucky because when Morris and Charles Saatchi split away from Saatchi to start uh, M&C Saatchi, um, I somehow ended up with the job uh, to open the office for them in Melbourne. Um, oh, wow. So, uh, uh, and I'd beaten my my goal for myself. I was twenty nine. So uh, suddenly, <laughs> yeah, that was cool. so suddenly I was like in charge of an agency. And you know, I mean, I literally I didn't have any idea what I was doing. And thank God to the 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 guy who hired me, who became a lifelong mentor. You know, he kind of he realised that I was uh, young and inexperienced, but he obviously saw something in me in terms of leadership thought I could do it and it was an amazing time we started with eight people um by the time I left four years later we had probably 70 people um so the agency wow. had just like exploded we we were agency of the year every year I was there which was ridiculous <laughs> so um and then I was kind of lucky that uh you know I had great success there and we'd won a lot of awards we'd won agency of the year four years in a row and I was uh, I, and I was a partner in that company, and and Morisachi said to me, "Why don't you come and run the office in London?" Yeah, um, which is what I did. Um, what, what was and, he like? What was what was he and Charles like? Amazing. I mean, you know, I mean, I was incredibly intimidated because you know I'm, I was this thirty-two-year-old kid from Perth at this point, you know, um, and uh, you know Morris. I, you know, you guys live in London, but Morris to me was like this icon of like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm in the same room as him. Oh, he's an icon here, I tell you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he was so good and so gracious. And you know, I came to uh, lead MNC Saatchi London in 2001. And to be honest, like some of my industry heroes were in that creative department. So Simon Dickett's and James Lowther and Fergus Fleming, Tiger Savage, all of these people were, you know, suddenly in my creative department, which was quite intimidating for me, um, you know, because I had, this was my first time working overseas, um, but it was so fun and Morris was particularly amazing and supportive and, you know, I, I remember a moment where uh, he took us all out to dinner and uh, to sort of celebrate and raised a glass and did a toast to me as the new creative leader and I just thought, it doesn't get any better than this, like Morisachi's. Wow. And this is at 32 years old. This yeah. is 32 um, years old. Yeah. So it was, it was amazing. And, um, and, and I had a fantastic time and I really loved living in London, but I think I really wanted to live in New York. Right. So um, 
probably about 2004, um, Morris said, you know, why, we had a small office in New York of maybe 30 people or something. And he said, why don't you go to New York and try and reinvigorate that office? Um, and I was like, that, yes, absolutely. So I moved to New York and uh, had an amazing time. And, uh, you know, the agency grew and I stayed there for a few more years. I think in the end I was at uh, MNC Saatchi for nine years and uh, then eventually went to run YNR New York, um, which was great. Um, uh, I'd been away from Australia then for probably seven years or something, yeah. and I, I wanted to get back to Sydney for a little bit, so I went back to DDB in Australia, and I loved it, and, again, really successful. And I think because of that, you know, we, again, won Agency of the Year, like every year, and I think wow. because of that, they the sort of the global creative director said, about four years into that, why don't you come back to New York and you can run DDB New York, which I did. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that was amazing. And for me, you know, for all of us, I think an agency like DDB, particularly New York, you know, the, the very office that um, Bill Birnbeck sat in and created yeah. the company is still there, you know. Um, that was an amazing honour and, uh, you know, it was really, really exciting. And, and we did that for, uh, I did that for sort of, four years, I think. And in the last year, you know, we were the third most awarded agency in the US. Um, so it was RGA, Widen and Kennedy, then us. So uh, that, that was a pretty amazing experience for me. Um, yeah. And and I guess just because I always seem to want to try something new, <laughs> um, I got approached to be the global chief creative officer at JWT. And, uh, you know, it was interesting to me because, you know, JWT has an amazing heritage as a company, but certainly globally, I think it's sort of taken their foot off the pedal a little bit in mm. terms of creative output and, and hadn't been at the top of the game creatively for a while. So, you know, for me, it was interesting, like, can I take all of this experience that I've had running an agency and can I do it at scale across 200 agencies? Um and uh, that was intimidating but exciting at the same time. And who, who approaches you for a job like that? Is it Martin Sorrell just calls you up or how does that um, actually happen? I was actually the CEO at the time uh, of, um, of JWT approached me. Okay. And someone I didn't know, but he sort of knew me. Through, we knew a bunch of people in common. And, uh, and, but, yeah, I, did, I ended up having to interview with uh, Martin, which was fun. <laughs> what was that like? Um, What's he like? He's, he's fantastic. I mean, he is... Uh, you know, I, I had a really great time working uh, with with JWT, and Martin, I think, is one of the smartest people you'll ever meet. He's so uh, aware of every single thing that's happening across like dozens of companies and countries around the world. I was always shocked at how up to speed he was. Um, he's incredibly responsive. Into you know, if I wrote him an email right now, he would be responding to me in five minutes, you know, which is amazing. Wow. And he's a huge believer in the power of creativity. You know, I mean, he's, he, the, obviously he's not at WPP anymore, but, uh, you know, certainly when he was there, like Ogilvy was can network of the year, five years in a row, um, you know, JWT, uh, we were, I think, seventh most awarded in can gray was like second or third. And so, you know, he definitely, he believed a lot in his creative partners and really supported all of us in, in whatever we were trying to achieve, which was great. So, um, um, but, you know, I think it, things changed and uh, the sort of the, the agency, as you know now, <laughs> doesn't really exist anymore, mm -hmm. um, which I, is sad to me because I think, you know, the Thompson name means something and it's gone. It's, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens in the future for them. And, uh so then, yeah, McCann Health ended up uh, kind of starting a conversation with me. And I think I was at the point where I really wanted to pivot and do something slightly different. I felt yeah. like I'd done the same thing. Uh, and now that I'd done it at scale across 200 offices, I was like, okay, can I do this in a slightly different way? And, and it was interesting because at the time I was approached by all sorts of like people from media and uh, and client side, and they were all things I was considering. But uh, you know, I I had been watching McCann Health uh, from a distance and admiring what they were doing. And you know, certainly when it, when the Immunity Charm won the Grand Prix at Cannes, I'm like, this yeah. is such a world changing idea. And and I 
and it really opened my eyes to the, the opportunities exist in the health space. So, um, yeah, when they kind of said, you know, do you want to come and join us? And, and they, you know, the, the CEO, John Cahill, said to me, we don't want someone from a traditional health space, so don't worry about what you don't know. And I don't know a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, you know, I mean, I mean that's kind of, this, there, there's a lot to learn, but at the same time, I've sort of come to accept I, I do know a bunch of things that I can bring to this company. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah, so now it's been six weeks and, you know, it just every day is fantastic. And, you know, there are many times I feel like the dumbest person in the room, but, uh, <laughs> but I don't mind that. You know, I'm happy to learn something new every yeah. day. Yeah. And, and just out of interest, because, you know, I think a lot of people will be listening to this. Because I, mean, I, I actually, when um, the vacancy was around um, for your role, I remember speaking to a couple of the creative directors, um, doesn't matter who they are, but just in, in your different offices, just saying, are you going to do it? And they just oh, went, yeah, yeah. absolutely no way. You know, it was just <laughs> like, absolutely no way are we, you know, there's no way we're doing it. And I've always just sort of found it really interesting. What's the process like in terms of, is, is it a formal interview process of different rounds? Is it a chat? Is it a few dinners? I mean, how does it actually work? How do you actually get approached to the moment where you go, actually, yeah, I'll take this. And they say, yeah, we want you to come. Yeah. I mean, it, for me, uh, it was funny. Uh, I think what I've kind of realized over the years is for me, the most important thing is um, uh, don't, don't look for a job, look for a partner. And and uh, I all and it was so it was so important to me who my partner was going to be um, in this new job and and the very first person I met uh, was John Cahill and uh, he and I just completely hit it off straight away we just we just we met in his office we talked fairly openly about the challenges of you know the health industry and. Uh, the sort of consumerization of health and how the you know the world's moving and clients are moving into, into that new direction, and uh, it was funny. So I sort of walked away thinking I would really love to work with this guy. I think he's really smart, be a great partner. I can see us you know uh, really enjoying each other's company and going on this journey together. And sort of lo and behold, <laughs> he thought the same thing. So. Um, so, you know, we sort of, I think we both thought, okay, well, as long as this works with everyone else, then, you know, I'm happy by, not by coincidence, but just, you know, at the same time, I've been friends with Rob Riley, um, who's obviously the worldwide chief creative officer at McCann World Group. Yeah, I've been friends with Rob for many years. And, uh, you know, it was really sort of Rob that just said, look, I would love you to do this job. I realize it's a, it's a shift and a pivot from what you're doing now, but you know, he, I look at McCann as, as I think probably the best network in the world right now in terms of creativity. Yeah. And, and he yeah. was like, I think the opportunity is there for health to play a bigger part in that. And I, you know, I, just cause I think he's a very straight up guy. I believed him and, uh, and, and met a couple of other people just to sort of, make it, uh, you know, make it official. And then that was it. So it wasn't a long wow. process, but um, there was a, it was quite an ex instinctual response from all of us, I think. It's amazing. I think, I, I think I, the thing I picked up from there was you, you don't look for a job, you look for a partner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's so insightful. I think that is just, I've never heard anyone say that before. And it's just, it sends a shiver down my spine because you're so right. You know, it's not about chasing money. It's not about chasing titles. It's about chasing people, someone that you're going to yeah. get on with. It's like finding a girlfriend or boyfriend, isn't yeah, it? It's, um, and when you have that connection, then you can achieve all those other things you mentioned. You can make money, you can do great work. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, you know, if you don't have a partnership that allows that to happen, you know, I remember interviewing many years ago for a job and um, one of the first things the CEO said to me is, I just need to say this up front, but I just want to remind you that you work for me. And I was like, what? <laughs> um, I really don't. But, uh, and, but that to me was a symbol of like that's not someone looking for a partner. That's someone looking yeah. for just a sort of someone to instruct and tell them what to do. And there's no way you can achieve your goals with that kind of person. So that, that yeah. is really important yeah. to me. That's amazing. So how many offices are you in charge of now around the group? Well, uh, all of them. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think we have about, I mean, 
through affiliates and different things, we have about 60 offices around the world. Um, wow. And, you know, I'm not going to be sort of diving into every single one of them because some of them are sort of smaller regional offices. But I'd say there's probably at least a dozen that are key markets for us that are really important um, that I'll be spending time with. Uh, you know, I've had my first global leadership meeting with the creative leaders um, and sort of set out the mission for them. Um, so it's, you know, I'm tr- I try not to, obviously there's always a lot of travel involved with a job like this, but I try not to waste that travel and sort of turn up places for three hours, do a speech and leave. You know, I try to spend a meaningful amount of time uh, with the agency so that I can really impact change. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's just so, I mean, you've, you've, you've just gone through your entire career in about 10 minutes, which is amazing. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just trying to digest um, some of these things. And I think the bit that I, I find, I've, I'd want to maybe just pick your brains a little bit, really, is that you, you talk about how you started at, you know, this little agency in Perth, and then you kind of ended up at, you know, DDB in New York, and then you, and then you moved to JWT, where you're, you know, not necessarily just looking after a huge office in America, you're looking after 200, you know, different offices. What's, what, what was, what was the, what were your learnings from that transition from going from one, you know, big agency to, to a global network like that? Yeah. I mean, and and that was really the, that was why I did it because I wanted to challenge myself is I, as I had had the, I'd had, I'd been in the position where I'd done and turnarounds of agencies maybe two or three times now of an office and and I learned a lot from that and and sort of the steps you have to take but it's definitely different when you have to help an entire company of you know 13,000 people sort of shift direction Um, so it was interesting I in my first year at uh, at JWT um, uh, one of the biggest roles I saw for myself was really a cheerleader committed to what we could achieve. I think uh, I'm a big believer, and if you don't sort of set yourself a goal, then you're, you're never going to get to that goal. So you have to kind of be very clear about the mission, um, and then help everyone believe that they can do it. I think I think because you know when I when I arrived at JWT, uh, for example, you know we, they were number fifteen in the Gun Report, so not even in the top ten networks in the yeah. world. Uh, and I think in some ways the a lot of people had sort of given up believing that we could be a top 10 agency again, you know, that we could compete with uh, with the DDBs and the Greys and all the people that were doing, you know, McCann doing really well. So that was the thing is like just getting people to believe it was possible um, and then giving them a clear path of how to get there. Um, and, you know, it was I, – I was – as as one measure, you know, I was certainly pleased to see us move up from fifteenth to seventh by the time I left. Um, yeah, and 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 I did. I certainly made some mistakes. It was funny when I in my first year, um, because it's such a big company, I did walk in thinking I have to infect every part of this company with this passion and belief in what we can achieve. And so I travelled a lot. And I, to be honest, I went to uh, offices that actually I later looked back on and went, that's not a good use of your time. So probably after the first year, I realized it wasn't happening as fast as I had hoped it would. And, you know, I'm stupidly impatient. I don't know why. But um, but I, I, I decided that a smarter way to go would be to focus on JWT's top 20 offices. And if I could get those ones to be better, that will affect the entire company. And so it was a changing strategy for me of how to approach it. And then that's exactly what happened. So the next year, you know, we had a record year at CAM. We won more Lions than the company had ever won in 150 years. And, you know, so it, it, was, it was interesting how the, the change for me really uh, kind of changed the trajectory quite quickly. And was that your their North Star? So once you decided that, you know, focusing on, you know, a, sm- a smaller percentage of, of, of the agencies around JWT, was it the North Star of saying, look, we want to get into the top 10 of the gun report and this is how we're going to do it? Was it as, literally as simple as that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I set goals and targets for every office um, of what they had to achieve. And it, 
I mean, the interesting thing when there's so many officers, like it feels the the sort of the target feels unapproachable for for one single office. But you know, for, to sort of to kind of convince everyone that uh, if we all play our part, then we'll all rise together. And I think that was the thing. So you know, I, I set goals for London, for New York, for Paris, for Amsterdam, for all of the places, all of the big offices, Japan. Um, and, uh, and, and everyone kind of led their own race. Um, and I yeah. think, uh, you know, once we added it all up, it, it really sort of t- took on some significance. And I, th- the thing I've found over the years is momentum is everything. Like once you yeah. start heading down that path and, and you guys know what it's like once you win a couple of awards and it's like a drug, you know, <laughs> Yeah, want to yeah. keep doing yeah. it. Um, so you know, then it's much easier because people know the goal and they just keep trying to, to attain that goal uh, more and more. So I think that was that was the thing of getting everyone on the path and then not sitting back, but sort of letting them follow the pro- the progress themselves. So these, just so I'm clear, these goals are, are literally award goals. So X amount of pencils, lions. Yeah, that's, what it's it, that's one of it. But one of uh, another goal is uh, is reputation. So creative reputation. So I have always said you have to be uh, in the top three uh, creatively by reputation in your market. So if you're in Paris, you have to be, you know, the best or the top three. Um, and that's, you know, not necessarily just based on awards. That's That can be, you know, uh, industry accolades or, uh, you know, just even sort of anecdotal of like when you say to people who are the best agencies in London or whatever, yeah. people will tell you yeah. this, this and this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, so what, it wasn't just awards, but I think awards are often the thing that um, delivers creative reputation to, uh, to agencies. So that was certainly a big part of it. Um, and, you know, I, I also kind of focused us on the main awards that were going to help us win, you know, which, again, I'm doing that same thing here. I'm like, you know what, let's not, we don't have to enter everything. We just need to be focused and enter the awards that matter. Um, and, yeah. and that's what's going to make the difference. So, Yeah. Do, do you think, um, Matt, uh, if, if I may ask, um, do you think you'll have that same approach when you at, at McCann Health? Because... In healthcare, as I'm sure you've you've learned, there's there are there are sort of industry specific awards, uh, but then there are also the the, the bigger yeah, can lines yeah. uh, specific healthcare awards. Are you going to be um, focusing mainly on those sort of um, higher tier awards and sort of? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a mix, and I kind of put a plan together which is a, a mix of those shows. And there's no doubt to me the absolute top of the tree is, and you know, we've won it a couple of times of you know. Network of the Year at Can Health Lions is the, you know, the be-all and end-all. That's the one you want. Uh, but definitely I'd say yeah. that's the top. But it's also really important to, uh, I think, um, you know, support some of the more, I mean, that is industry-specific, I guess, but there are awards that are much more industry-specific like that, like Creative Floor, you know, which is an important one for us. Um, like the globals, you know, so that so definitely some of those which I think uh, are influencers in yeah. reputation, we are definitely going to focus on. Um, and the reason for that is that I think that they are success. There is what helps you attract talent. You know, talent look around yeah, and go, well, definitely, who's doing well in our industry in these shows? And if it's us, then that's where they want to come and work. Yeah. yeah, and, and just, just for the purposes of everyone who's listening to this, I did not pay Matt to say any of that. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can spend the money. I've, I've forwarded in my bank account details. Oh, that's what that was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now that's amazing. But, but it's that's amazing. But it's good, you know, we, we spoke about your whole career and obviously, you know, you, you, you've, you've won so much and you've achieved so much. And, and for, for everyone in the healthcare industry, when, when the news came out that you were moving into um, – you know, leading McCann Health and and sort of inspiring a new charge of of creative energy in, in at, at that agency. You know that that was really exciting, I guess, for the whole kind of cause ripple throughout the whole industry. Um, because not only does it mean that you know you're going to be taking control of that agency, but you you're going to be in charge of yeah. juries and um, you know ha- and having a say over what work is is good and setting the bar. You know, for for the rest of us. So. I think that's a real that's a real um, 
it's a real honor to have someone like like yourself um, involved in in the critique of our industry because I think Shahid, you mentioned it the other day, is about you know the healthcare industry was so small, and now thankfully yeah. it's getting a bit bigger and, and a bit more open. So you know that's really exciting to see what the next few years. Yeah, I, I mean, I that's that's kind of why I I jumped, I think, and and you know, there's definitely a few people are like, what what are you doing? <laughs> You know, a bit surprised that I've kind of moved out of traditional and that's because that's where I spent my career and into health. But for me, it was totally driven by opportunity. You know, I'm kind of, I, I love to do, you know, brilliant uh, and effective work. And, and I saw so many opportunities in the health space that uh, I was like, God, we could, I, we could absolutely crush that opportunity. We could do so much better. And, and I think, um, you know, the nice thing that I've found is since I've come over is, even just doing making that move there's a lot of people a lot of creatives who are in the traditional space have opened their eyes and started to look a little bit at health and i think that can only be good for the industry of you know making us uh, a more attractive beacon to creative talent you know wherever they come from so yeah so i'm definitely trying to push that and uh and 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 I'm 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 understanding of the fact that you know there are there are certainly jobs within healthcare agencies that you need a deep deep level of experience in health to understand, mm. but there are ones that you don't, and you can learn that. And as I said to someone the other day, I said every job I've done in my, every client I've worked on in my entire career, I've never known anything about it until I started working on it. You know, I I didn't I've launched cars. I don't I don't know anything about cars, but you get the brief and you and you learn, um, and that's what I'm doing now. You know, I don't know about a particular disease, but I can learn and I can understand, and then I can translate that into a creative concept. So, for me, it's it is slightly intimidating because there's a technical nature to it. But I think you, any, our jobs as creatives, uh, you know, we we just dive into the new new challenge we have and we learn all about it, and then we uh, you know we start doing advertising. A quick one on that, you know, do do you find the the opportunity in healthcare is is uh, more exciting because potentially the briefs are more meaningful and the the subject yeah, matter is a bit more meaningful than than like you say cars and yeah, there's no, I mean, there's no doubt that uh, we're the entire industry is moving towards uh, finding sort of those meaningful roles in people's lives for whatever client we're working on. And you know, it's uh, certainly in the FMCG. It's sometimes it's pretty tough to find a meaningful role for you know a deodorant or something. You're like, oh, you know, I mean, I, one of my big clients, the last agency, was a, a shampoo, and you're like, really? What? How do we find a meaningful role? But, you know, you're kind of making it up a little bit. So, uh, so I love the fact that you just don't have to try as hard to in health, like. It, Everything is yeah. already there, and everything has a life-changing significance in someone's life. So, um, and and I saw that as a great moment for talent. You know, I mean, you guys will know as well as I do. You know, millennials are all about purpose, and they want jobs with purpose. And I'm like, hello, look over here. This is this is our whole yeah. lives. So I think it's you know going to be really attractive to them when they see. Oh, so I can be creative and I can do meaningful things. So this is where I want to go. It's do you know what? It's it, from what I'm hearing. Um, I, I love the fact that you said you're just going into health. You know, you've, you've got no idea about really how it works or you know what's going on, but it doesn't matter because you'll get your head around it and you'll you'll sort it out. And I was the last podcast that I did last week was with another Australian called Sherry Davis. Oh, yeah. I didn't know her. Yeah, and. Um, there just seems. I, do you think it's because you're Australian? I don't mean that to be a, a, a sort of throwaway uh, comment. <laughs> because there, when I was talking to her, she was. It, it, it was almost like talking to you in in in, in a similar respects, where you know she's just sort of dashing all over the world, and she's got no idea what she's walking into, and she's just so laid back about it. And I just said to her, you know, is it something to do with your background in terms of this? Um, you know, this is this um, lovely approachableness of just, oh, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day because if things go bad, we'll just crack open a beer and everything will be okay. And, and, and do you think, because your career so far in terms of what you've said is just like incredible. 
like it's it's something out of a movie almost you know what i mean in terms of what you've done and you you seem so laid back about it as if it was just so easy yeah. and and i know that you know from a from a uk perspective you know british people will find a problem in anything you know, <laughs> yeah. you know this story would would to be on part one of the story of somebody's yeah. life I mean, do you think that's had anything, had any impact in terms of your success so far? I mean, I definitely think it's part of the Australian character of just, uh, you know, you've just got to get on with it. And, uh, you know, certainly in advertising in Australia, it's a bit scrappy. You kind of, you never have enough money, there's never enough time, there's never enough of anything. And you could sit back and just complain about it or you just get on with it and do what you can and call your mates and, you know, all that kind of stuff. and you know, it's def- there's definitely been some challenges. It was, I mean, you guys, uh, were, I'm, I'm older than you, I know, but you know, when I arrived in London, for instance, you know, campaign ran a story about why do we need to bring an Australian in to run this iconic British agency? You know, what's wrong? Yeah. And 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 sort of, in a way, had a bit of a go at me of like, like, you know, who the hell are you coming here telling us how to do our jobs? And um, and but I, I think I've sort of I don't have any, I don't have any fear. I, I have nervousness about, you know, taking on a new opportunity, but I, but I don't have any fear about, you know, I mean, my first pitch at MNC Saatchi in London, I was standing next to Morris Saatchi pitching for a client and I'm like, wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I guess, you know, that could have made you weak at the knees and like, oh, my God, I can't speak, you know. But I was like, you know, whatever, I, I've earned my right to be here, so there's no reason for me to be afraid or anything, and I would just get on with it. And and I think that attitude, well, what I've found is clients around the world have responded really well to that kind of just directness, that honesty, that um, just call a spade a spade approach, and, and it's sort of served me quite well. Amazing. Mm. What, what were like the, the best mistakes you think you've made or, or had? Um, I mean, I've had some some shockers. <laughs> uh, I, I, I won't talk about, uh, I won't name names, but, you know, I definitely took a job during my career that within two weeks of taking it, I knew I'd made a mistake and it just culturally wasn't the right fit for me. I sort of, I, I didn't do enough background on on what the agency was really about and I kind of walked in and so two weeks into it I was like oh man this is going to be torture you know and I it was funny I just said to myself you know what I don't want to have a job on my resume for three months I don't want to be the person that people when I go for interviews people go how come you're only there for three months (laughs) so I kind of just sucked it up and said you know what you've got to stay for two years you've got to do it and get out um, which is exactly what I did. And, it, you know, it wasn't the most pleasant time in my career. But the funny thing was I look back and the whole experience made me such a better manager and a better creative director because I saw things happening there that I was like, I will never behave like that. That's And, and I think the, the negative experience actually taught me a lot about how to be a better creative director. So... It's weird that even the bad things in life at the time, they can seem like, oh, man, this is like, what have I done? But I think there's lessons to be learned if you sort of open up to that. And um, so I don't I feel like I've made mistakes, but I feel like they've all made me better. Yeah, I think that's so true. I mean, you have to go through some bad experiences to know what a good experience looks yeah, like, I suppose, yeah. and, and how your own behaviours um, can affect other people yeah, too, yeah. I guess. Um, I mean interestingly like when is it obviously you, you became a credit director at 29 and you've kind of pretty much been a leader or you know pretty much to till today i mean in term in terms of your mentorship like have you ever had a mentor that you you reach out to or do you still reach out yeah, to or yeah. what do you do i mean i i definitely have been blessed over the years in that i've met some incredible people who taught me how to be a, a great creative director, to be honest. So, you know, and it starts right back to uh, when I was at Saatchi uh, in Sydney and Bob Isherwood was the global chief creative officer. Bob still lived in Sydney at that point. And, uh, you know, Bob was amazing and he was really my first exposure to a global creative director and what that means and what the job is. Mm. 
and and I learned a lot from him and uh, and you know asked a lot of questions. Um, the the guy who gave me my first job uh, as uh, running MNC Saatchi in Australia was um, Tom McFarlane, who's a, a pretty big deal in Australian advertising, and uh, and he just. He stuck by me. He helped me through, you know, the biggest pitches and kind of, and just uh, knew that uh, I would get there in the end, and just uh, and and help me get better. And watching him definitely helped me get better. And, and uh, I'm still in touch with him. And probably once I got to the states, I think um, you know someone that was incredibly influential, and I still catch up with him for breakfast, like every few months. Uh, is Keith Reinhardt, who's the former chairman uh, of um, DDB Worldwide, um, and Keith was came from the creative background, and um, he uh, he was basically the one that turned DDB into a global company, um, merged merged right. DDB with Needham, uh, went from a couple of offices in the United States to a global network, and. Um, an amazing man, and, and uh, I, even one of his pieces of advice when I first moved to New York sticks to me this day, and I give it to other people, uh, other leaders, as advice. And he said to me, "Matt, your job as chief creative officer is not to create great advertising; it's to inspire it." And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah." And it just the difference of because I think a lot of creative leaders get in and think, "Oh my god." I just have to write some great work. That's all I've got to do and sit at my desk and I've got to do great things. And I'm like, you know what? What I understood from that is it's not about you. It's about everyone else that works with you and helping them be brilliant um, and creating an environment for them to be brilliant. And so, you know, Keith still is a mentor of mine today and, um, and you know, we catch up every now and then. Do you miss uh, making work, uh, Matt, and getting your hands dirty and or writing a script? Or yeah, do, you, do you miss any of that sort of day-to-day -day stuff? And I've sort of, every now and then, I'll kind of jump in and I'll, I'll write something. <laughs> um, I mean, I sort of, at the same time, I kind of set a rule for myself like 20 years ago uh, to, you know, not compete with my creative department because I've worked for creative directors who, you know, you get the brief, they get the brief, and then guess what? They always go with their own idea. <laughs> um, and I didn't yeah. want to be that creative director. So I, I tend not to. And, and to be honest, the, the creative opportunities I get are usually when the whole thing's turned to shit. <laughs> it's like, okay, we have to, someone has to step up and save this. And so that's the stuff I'm doing, you know, not necessarily the glamorous, like best briefs in the agency or anything. Um, but I still, you know, I, I love the, the production part of it. I love shoots. Um, uh, I, it, funnily enough, I did feel about 18 months ago that I was slipping away from what I love to do creatively because, you know, I was in this big global role. Um, so I actually, uh, I went back to school and started studying photography and just started learning photography and bought a camera and, um, and that was a great creative outlet for me and, uh, and really enjoyed kind of being just me and a camera and taking shots. So, um, you know, finding another way to express it was, was great. That's amazing. And I think, um, you know, that whole advice around, you know, not making great creative work, but inspiring it, um, is quite a nice segue. Cause I read an article yesterday in PME, um, and I think you were talking about how you wanted to bring in different types of young talent in into your yeah. agencies um do you want to maybe talk a little bit about how you want to do yeah. that and, and what's the idea behind I mean, that i think for me again i think because i've come into this industry this part of the industry with sort of eyes wide open and and you know i i said in somebody uh, in an interview a few weeks back i feel like a kid in a candy store and i really do because <laughs> like i look around and the briefs that are flying around and going across my desk i'm like this is this is so great. Like, this is amazing, life-changing stuff. Um, and I feel like my view is that uh, for many years, I think healthcare uh, in, the, in creative eyes, had, had some people had kind of looked down on it and going, oh, well, it's not, you know, that's not the main game. Um, and so I'm, I'm really keen to change that perception. And, and look, honestly, I think Can Health Lions did a hell of a lot to change the perception of what, you know, great healthcare marketing is. Um, and so I, I want to use my kind of uh, uh, sort of experience as a way to 
talk to creative people who may not have considered this uh, the the career path for them, um, and and try and entice them into this sort of health side of the industry, and not just traditional um, you know agency people who've learnt uh, you know been through creative courses at various schools. I think uh, you know I want to try and find creativity in all sorts of places, you know, from technology and, and hire, you know, in the States, in, in uh, JWT, I hired a young guy who was a graduate from MIT, for instance, and had never saw his future in advertising, but he was a tech guy. And when I sort of showed him what he could do in advertising, he was like, oh, I had no idea that's what it looks like. And, you know, for me, the beauty is advertising doesn't look like advertising anymore. You know, we we're creating products and we're writing, you know, uh, I've spent time writing uh, a TV series and, you know, nothing, it's not, it's not like write a printer, that's it. So uh, I think for me, uh, trying to sort of help young people realise there is a whole career for them uh, in, in healthcare advertising is exciting. Yeah, it's amazing. And I think the industry needs more people like you. Um you know, to basically open open those doors. I think that's what um, you know, you're, you're you're basically saying: open yeah. more doors to different types of talent, different types of creatives, and just see you know what they can potentially do within yeah, this industry. Absolutely, um, and I think that's why it's so exciting right now because you know that definitely for me, healthcare as an industry is having you know having its moment in the spotlight. When when I was in Vegas uh, last year, I think it was. Um, you gave a you gave a, a talk to the young the creative liaisons yeah, yeah. Uh, the London International Awards, but the, yeah. the young creative um, and we had we had a, a representative from um, from our previous agency, and I tell you what he came back to back to work <laughs> and he was so inspired by your talk. So it, it's just something small like that, you know, which which really inspires young creatives to to realize that actually, you know, if you can take the learnings from someone who's done it in in in, in a you know bigger environment and being so successful um you know anything is possible in in, in health so that that, yeah, that was really yeah. exciting to see yeah i mean look, um, i remember and, that speech it was really it was yeah. just all about passion and uh and how passion is the thing that will make you successful you know talent sure but there's a lot of talented yeah. people who don't try that hard so i think you know passion is the thing that in yeah. the end separates you so um and and i've certainly always tried to live my career passionately and and go hard after the things that I want. And I, I guess that's why early on when you said it was, it's so important to find a creative partner, you know, someone who you can work well together with because when you are passionate, it helps to have someone, yeah. who, you know, who lets that live and thrive. And Absolutely. You know, that's, yeah, that's so you can important. kill passion pretty um, quickly with just, you know, a, a couple of months of people saying no. <laughs> Yeah, a couple a couple calls with the medical and legal teams yeah, yeah, might yeah. do the same. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll yeah, chat soon. We might have to do a follow up call. <laughs> but it's um, but the proof's in the pudding, right? I guess in the end, it's always going to be the work yeah. that inspires people to come into it. You know, it is going to be things like the immunity charm bracelet and you know other other sort of amazing ideas that make people go, do you know what? That's yeah. where I want to be. You know, it's it, in the end, you know, we need we need advocates. We need people like, you know, Tim and yourself, um, Matt. And and I think the great thing is that we have someone like you now in our industry who can continue, um, you know, the vision in terms of what we want to do and, and, and push it as well. Because obviously you're coming into it from a fresh pair of eyes and you're a kid in a candy store and you can probably see things that perhaps we're not necessarily seeing right now. But in the end, it's always going to be yeah. about the work and it's always going to be about showcasing that at award shows like Can, you know, like Creative Floor and even potentially going beyond healthcare award shows too, yeah. right? It's about getting our work into the Huffington yeah. Post. It's about getting our work yeah. in, in, in the yeah. broad stream media too and getting people, real people, rather than just yeah. industry folk, tapping each other on the back yeah. saying, well done, of going, my God, yeah. who's doing yeah. that? You know, we want to be part of that story. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think that's the thing of like, you know, if, if your goal is just to win awards, and certainly awards help reputation, but if you're... Then, then I don't think you're going to achieve it. But if your goal is to make a meaningful difference in the world, 
then sort of the awards, that's why you get awards, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah. But people yeah. look at stuff like yeah. that and go, oh, my God, I, that is so clever. I'm going to award it. But, you know, that's not what you set out to do. You yeah. set out to solve the, uh, you know, vaccination challenges in Afghanistan, for instance, and someone went, that's a great yeah. solution, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And um, Shahid, you, you mentioned earlier about, you know, Matt coming in, into the industry fresher. Uh, Matt, I, I wanted to ask you just um, just quickly, if, if you don't mind, um, what, you know, you've been in it for six weeks now. What do you think is the biggest creative opportunity in healthcare at yeah, the moment I mean, I that think, you can see? Um, that I think there's a lot of uh, convention in the industry. I think there's a lot of that's the way it's always been done and that's the way it should be done. And the, th- the thing that will change the trajectory is if I can help set people free and realise that there's another way to do it. So I think there's a, the, to me there's opportunities everywhere, but you've got to see them and not just think, well, this is a, you know, I've done this kind of thing, you know, 40 times before. This is how you do it and I'll just do it again like that. Um, and so I, so I think for me is just like looking, get, trying to get everyone to have that fresh set of eyes and, and realize what's right in front of them, um, is, 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 is what hopefully will sort of continue us down the trajectory we've already headed. But also I've discovered, you know, I think, you know, we have a, we have a fairly decent size of the company that focus on, focuses on global health. And I think there's so many great opportunities in global health to do incredible work, um, you know, talk about at the cutting edge of making a meaningful difference. So, you know, I think that's the thing is like the topics are great, uh, but also encouraging people to sort of not just do things the way they've always done it because there's another way. Thank you so much for your for, for the time. Um, I think think a lot of people will learn a huge amount from it. So, oh, there's music. <laughs> <laughs> there's music. Um, that's cool. So, um, I just want to thank you, Matt, for your time. I wish you the very best of luck in the new role. I know you're going to smash it and you're going to make McCann even bigger and better and more famous. And hopefully, this is going to be a great thing for our industry. Um, well, so, thank, thank you so you much. For inviting me. Not at all. And thank you, Tim. Thanks a lot. And yeah. Th- thanks, guys. And thanks, yeah, Matt. I'll see you um, in New York soon, hopefully. Cool. All right. Cool. Thank cool. Cheers. Thanks, thanks, thanks Matt. Matt. Take care. Cheers, all right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks.